Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash and Sport. Today is a really interesting episode for me because I've got Yannick Wombo on the line with me. He's a broadcast expert, he's a marketing expert, he's a cool guy, likes football, worked in some pretty big places. Um, and we're going to talk about the broadcast landscape, primarily with regards to CAF, because we can't, you know, it's a problem for us to watch CAF uh, matches and the AFCON. Supersport have just announced today that they're going to be broadcasting the AFCON, which is great. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a set deal. I mean, we just, we, every time we have to hold and cross thumbs, fingers, toes and everything to hope that we'll be able to watch those games. So today I'm going to talk to a broadcast expert, Yannick Wombo, and hopefully we'll get a really good picture of what exactly is broadcasting, how does it work, what happened to the previous deal, and how did you get to where we are now. Anyway, Yannick, good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. How are you doing, my brother? I'm good, Kobile. Thank you for inviting me, bro. Ah, excellent, excellent. So let's just start off, get straight, straight into it. Um, Yannick Wombo. Who is Yannick? How did, if people don't know who Yannick is, right? Let's just go yeah. through your a, a little bit of a timeline of the stuff that you've done. I mean, you've done, you've worked at, with CAF. You've worked yeah. at FIFA. Uh, yeah. You've worked independently in terms of starting your own company in terms of marketing and broadcast. Um, yeah. And then you moved over to the real broadcast space where you were taking care of um, some pretty big broadcast deals and arranging broadcast deals. We're not we're not going to go too deep into who yeah. you were working for and so on. But who's Yannick? How did how did this evolution come about to where you yeah, are? Yeah, so yeah, uh, it's a very uh, simple guy. I'm born in the DRC. Uh, I've been living in South Africa for my life now. Um, um, studied did all my schooling in South Africa, university, and everything. Yeah. Uh, so. Cut a long, to cut a long story short, um, after my doing my degree at UJ, uh, I got the opportunity to work at the FIFA World Cup. No, first it was a Confederations Cup, two thousand yeah. and nine, and then uh, I got called up again to do the FIFA World Cup as a media uh, media team liaison type of thing. Yeah. You know, where I worked with the various French teams and the teams that were participating. Uh, doing a lot of administrative work, but I enjoyed it because for me, it was like the first World Cup in Africa and I'm working on it. Yeah. So that's really what started for me. And then uh, I just graduated. So I, I, I was kind of like thinking what my next move would be. My degree was obviously governance and communications degree. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, what am I going to do with this, this degree? How am I going to use it? Yeah. But after my experience with FIFA, I kind of like had an idea, okay, this is what I like. Yeah. It was a lot of hard work, long hours, but I actually really enjoyed it. So I wanted to get into something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So after that, I did some work with SAFA, yeah, uh, association, where I participated with various CAF competitions, CAF Under-20, CAF Under-17, CAF Women's Cup, the AFCON. Yeah. And after, after that, um, I went into sports marketing agency, where I was uh, account manager for various uh, sponsors. That sponsored, uh, they invested into sports, yeah. uh, football. Uh, I think it was also the one uh, portfolio we did was the Soweto Marathon, which was yeah. quite a while back when Nedbank just joined uh, the Soweto Marathon. Yeah. yeah. So I did. And then after that, I, I decided, okay, you know what? My next project is really to venture into Africa. 
and yeah. uh, I went out to work for a company, a broadcast company that did broadcasting rights for for French uh, broadcasters into Africa, and yeah. that was really my first glimpse of uh, broadcasting in yeah. general. So I understand the various satellites <laughs> that we have, understanding yeah. the intricacies between feeds and all of that. Yeah. And uh, also from a broadcasting perspective, we in Africa, all of that kind of stuff. So that's yeah. where I've been really, uh, that's what I've been doing. And right now, as you know, I'm still in, in, in the same business. Broadcasting. <laughs> right. So cool. Now that we've got a brief idea of who Yannick is. So Yannick knows his broadcast stuff. The problem for a lot of people is that they assume that broadcasting is just, hey, there's a TV, you know, Super Sports is there. They've got a, they've got a truck. They are beaming this to my TV and I'm paying DSTV for that. There's a lot of architecture in the background. There's usually someone who has, who's the rights holder. There's usually someone who's the broadcaster. The rights holder, you know, says, listen, I've, obviously the rights holders are attractive. The broadcasters wanted to broadcast the games. They would approach the rights holder. There would be a lottery. How do generally let's, let's, Break it down, layman's terms, if you're explaining okay. it to your son. How, how does broadcasting work? Yeah, so layman's term, the ecosystem is quite simple. Yeah. You have the federation yeah. who are the rights holders. Yeah. They own the professional entity, uh, yeah. the football tournament, the rugby tournaments, the athletics, IAAF, all of that, yeah. the UEFA, that's yeah. the rights holders. Correct. And then you have the broadcaster. The broadcaster buys the rights to, to broadcast the events on their platform. Correct. The broadcast broadcasters are your SABC, Layman's Terms, Supersport, Sky, Canal, whatever. Yeah. And now you have various others, but we're not gonna get so that deep. Yeah. And then you have advertisers, right? The advertisers are those that invest in sports events that bring out the most uh, viewership. Yeah. So basically that's how the system connect basically. So those yeah, are the three major if we were to keep it really really simple the the two most important is the rights holders the people who actually put the games who, who organize the games and the broadcasters who pay to to, to televise put the those games yeah yeah to put the cameras yeah. there and televise those games right 100%. now now that we've got a, a a brief skeleton let's add some meat to this thing the calf broadcast issue now a brief chronological history of what happened with CAF is in 1994, a company by the name of uh, Sport5. Sport5 is a big, big, big global. Um, what they do is they buy up rights and they assist yeah. a lot of, they, they assist a lot of federations. They assist UEFA, CAF, um, Comnibol, if I'm not mistaken. They are a, yeah, yeah. a media marketing agency and they do a whole bunch of other stuff. But in terms of sport and football, they are probably football's most important entity that people don't really know about in terms of just how they help to get the, 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 the image, images from the game to your screen and how they play like a middleman type of role. So essentially in 1994, Sport 5 came about. They bought the rights to broadcast... Um, broadcast CAF matches. That was the first major deal. In 2004, they became the media partner for uh, for all CAF rights. So what they did is in, instead of them just, uh, because they were a big organization, they bought the rights yeah. 
and then they would sub-license those rights to 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 other broadcasters such as Supersport, Canal Plus. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Supersport yeah. specifically for South Africa because people here yeah. understand the context. They would sub-license those rights. For instance, SABC and so on and so on would be able to go to Canal to Sport Five and say, "Hey, we want to buy these rights." Whoever has the most money for that region would have to pay for that. You know, if you were only able to broadcast it, let's say if Supersport would have the rights to broadcast in English in South Africa and the rest of their DSTV uh, territories, they would have to pay and there would be exclusions. Basically, let's say maybe French language, they wouldn't be able to, to broadcast because maybe another broadcaster would have bought the French language broadcast rights. Am I am I kind of correct in in terms in terms of framing that? Yeah, you, you yeah you 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 read about you read about um, because there is there is a look um, the whole sports five and uh, how it got broken down was the realization by Canal Plus. Yeah, uh, Canal Plus being one of the oldest uh, broadcasters, uh, digital media broadcasters in the world in terms of sports broadcasting. Yeah, so. They had a huge following uh, from a, from a French perspective. The Algerian, the mm -hmm. Egyptians, the Egyptians in France, the the African diaspora, Sub-Saharan Africans in France, in Belgium. So yeah. there was a huge following. The, the major specific one was obviously Fcon. Fcon yeah. was big for them because there was a time, if you remember correctly, Fcon was probably the third biggest tournament in yeah. terms of eyeballs. Yeah. You know, you had the World Cup, at the Olympics, and then it was Fcon because not yeah. only in Africa the biggest showcase. But also across the, the the other continents, in the United States, you have Nigerians, you have Ghanaians. In the United States, they wanted to yeah, watch Africans the Africans are all over the place, you know. Uh, so it was quite a mess. But uh, Fcon was the big fight for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. So then, so then uh, came. I think the year was two thousand and seven, um, where. <sighs> Where there was a big deal which was signed between this was when Isa Hayatu was was president of um, of CAF, yeah. a massive deal is announced and we are told that um, Sport Five slash Sport Five between two thousand between nineteen ninety four and two thousand and seven had been bought by a another company called uh, Legardier, but essentially yeah. it was the same thing. We were told yeah. that Legardier slash Sport 5, because Sport 5 became a subsidiary of Legardier, um, that Sport yeah. 5 had signed another deal with um, with CAF for a billion dollars. Wow, massive news. Everyone is talking about this deal, right? Um, and how the deal is going to revolutionize African football. It's going to pump more money into, into African football competitions, especially CAF and so on and so on. And then uh, the court cases start. Um, what happened is that a company in Egypt, another broadcaster, pretty small actually, and there were some scandals around them, but we're not really gonna go into the scandal around the, this Egyptian broadcaster. They claim that, well, um, CAF had not gone through the proper processes of putting out the, the broadcast uh, license deal to tender. They had unilaterally appointed Sport Five as the as the uh, new broadcast license holder for Africa, and they wanted to challenge it in the Egyptian court, uh, Egyptian competition court, 
because yeah. CAF is based in Egypt. That's where the headquarters are. So they challenged it in Egypt. And the Egyptian court, funny enough, agreed with them and said, actually, CAF, you, you guys did not put this out to tender. You did not um, allow for others to, to, to put you know, their case to the fore. And apparently it turned out that there was another Chinese broadcaster as well who had also apparently put some money down, which was more than what uh, Sport5 had put down. In any case, the deal broke apart. So at that point, chaos. So I'm sure you were in the industry around about that time. What happened? It's, it's crazy because um, we all knew that deal was rushed. Yeah, because Kev uh, was gonna was going into the Congress, the National yeah. Election Congress. Yeah, and uh, uh, there was a feeling. I'm not sure how, how true, but there was a, there was talks around that. Le Jardier needed to keep Kev rights. Yeah, post shoot, decided to leave, uh, step down, or whatever the case might be. They needed to keep the Kev rights. So a lot of broadcasters felt that it was rushed. There wasn't mm. enough time given for everyone to state their case, let alone their bidding. Yeah. So, I, I think there was there was the main rumor around that they did everything to keep the calf right, so that should a new president come in, this deal is already in place. Mm. So that was that was the one rumor that was going around. The other thing that was going around is that Lejardier were were selling parts of their business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lejardier. Uh, uh, Vivendi and Vivendi who own Sony they were breaking down their businesses so there was a whole lot of mergers and acquisitions happening yeah. so they they knew the survival of Le Jardier would be um, Kef, Kef rights because yeah. I think the, I think at the time they only had the Bundesliga mm. and uh, and the Kef competition that's that's all they had yeah so they needed they needed to keep Kef because there was their money generator yeah. So those were the two major rumors that 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 went. But everybody spoke about it. We all knew that there was something wrong with that. And yeah. trust me, the the calf rights value, the value when it comes to eyeballs, in time, in, when it comes to sponsorship, the the, the possible prospective sponsorship for calf competitions, you you're looking at it's more than a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> if the EPL. Uh, with Sky and BT are, are looking at 146 billion, about yeah. 151. And imagine CAF is it's 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 massive. So yeah. there was there was something wrong, and uh, one billion was not the value of CAF, the CAF yeah. rights at the. Yeah. And then comes along, um, and then obviously by shock, um, Isahaya to loses the election that you're talking about, um, yeah. and it comes out obviously that there was corruption, and then he's charged by FIFA. And then Ahmad Ahmad yeah. comes along and Ahmad Ahmad says, ah, no, 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 no. I, was, I wasn't happy with this deal in the first place. Um, and it looked dodgy and fishy. But the ramifications for that deal falling apart resulted in localized broadcasters not having, because obviously because the deal falls apart, all of the other contracts signed for that yeah. deal to happen fall away. So therefore, Supersport doesn't have a deal anymore. Um, SABC doesn't have a deal. Canal Plus doesn't have a deal. Any other broadcast on the continent doesn't have a deal because the mother deal is gone. It's like you cut off the umbilical cord, and and no one no one has access. They now have to go directly to the rights holder, which is CAF, yeah. and bid there. 
you know so i mean what did you feel about that about that situation i, I personally don't see anything wrong with that i mean if mm. you want the rights to the epl the epl bids the rights yeah you know before then they give to sky you know yeah. and then you got to go you deal directly the epl you want you want the serie a or you want la liga you go to la liga you know yeah. i just felt that caf didn't have the right personnel mm. who understood commercialization of caf competitions right. so it was easy for them to not deal with broadcasters because they didn't have to deal with the numbers yeah. you give us the money and you make a profit off of yeah. these competitions which yeah. didn't make sense at the time because I mean the the sub, sub licensing came very much earlier. I mean I'm sure you see now how many agents uh media agents are around now who who yeah. sub license who get the rights and then resub license to yeah. smaller parties players. So at that time CAF just didn't have the right personnel um to really understand commercializing uh its competition which is sad because I mean the the value of the competition dropped because there was no CAF competitions on air. and now they got to start again yeah 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 and 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 i think maybe i think you touched on it earlier maybe it's not necessarily the fact that they didn't have the 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 personnel maybe it's just because personnel were ignored because it's a higher to new if i come to calf members um and i and i have this billion dollar deal and i say to them hey listen this thing is it's signed yeah. it's sealed you know i'm i'm the man here which is the biggest deal at the time i mean they'd never had anything like yeah. that you know i think um possibly it could have been a his pawn or his his big ticket to to winning the next election which unfortunately didn't happen for what well, unfortunately fortunately at the end of the day you know the best thing for african football was the fact that you go directly to caf um and and now we have a situation now obviously where once in a while we'll see a game um super sport sometimes will tell us sorry guys you're not watching about fun of a fun game because the rights are too expensive um yeah do you personally think though that given the fact that you know the rights were probably valued more than what um than what the deal was signed for do you think that the broadcasters were just not willing to put the money into football and using the the cost as an as as a as a convenient scapegoat because i mean if the fact is the 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 the, the rights were worth a lot more they would have known what the rights probably would have been worth and had it been more serious had it been what well, you know had it been out there they probably would have paid that money they just said well you know there's no deal so we you know we can't pay it look i think, think i think They, they they definitely lost with with the time the the commercial broadcast rights deal right now are really uh, they really high level documents yeah <laughs> when you're looking at other stakeholders like rights holders like your uh NFLs your uh major league baseball the deals that they are signing they 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 really high high level and it does yeah. not make sense that kef because if you go back mm-hmm. 1996 we have Bafana Bafana winning the yeah. Afcon Yeah. You have Nigeria winning the Olympics. Mm. Going to Ouagadougou 1998. There was a there was a massive competition. Yeah. It wasn't well marketed. Yeah. You had the Olympic champions. Fine. They didn't market it well. Going yeah. to 2000 Olympics Cameroon wins the gold. Yeah. That final that final between I think it was Egypt. Yeah. Egypt and Senegal and then Cameroon 
against uh, Senegal 2002. The, 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 the eyeballs on those games at that time, from an African football perspective, it was massive. Yeah. It was massive. It could not have been matched, you know? And the competition, the level of competition from the player quality that we had from a, a whole African... AFCON was a, was a massive competition. Yeah. We lost out exactly when the TVs stopped broadcasting. CAF yeah. lost out on a lot of... There was a lot of background dealings, which we're not going to deal with because we don't know the details. But yeah. we lost out on a lot of that. But through that, the other stakeholders, rights holders, got their act together and it, it became... I mean, it became much... It's a much more valuable game now to deal with. Yeah. And I felt like when we really lost out on a lot during that period when yeah. the lights were off, yeah. so to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the current state of the of affairs now uh, to kind of, you know, put a, you know, we've we had a skeleton, we've added some meat to this thing, now we're putting a little bit of a bow on it, is we now have a new CAF president who's Patrice Motsepe. Yeah. Ahmad, Ahmad had his own scandal. He was also yeah. banned. I mean... Jeez, man, this thing is like a poison chalice, this CAF presidency, you know. Uh, Issa Hayati was there for over 20 years, and then he gets yeah. banned, and then there's impropriety. Ahmad Ahmad comes along, barely lasts five years, and he's gone. Um, and now Patrice Mutsepe is here, and he's, he's I, when I wrote about it, I said this is an inherited headache. You know, it's a massive, massive thing to inherit. Um, we don't currently have a deal. I know that CAF has put it yes. up to tender, um, mm. which obviously they're, they're following the right process, but it's a hugely complex thing to try and get right, to try and derive the right value from it. Obviously, they've got a great deal signed now with Sky because that's that's money that, that they didn't have. And as far as I know, this is the first and time that Sky and BT signed. Because of Salah and... Uh... You're gonna think about it. The yeah. quality, the generation that we have in players is what. So you reselling? Yeah. When when we had thing, now luckily we've got quite a few African players playing across uh, Europe, yeah. and they're doing quite well, playing at a very higher level. Yeah. So it's an easier stuff from that perspective. But to commercialize it becomes very difficult because there's a lot of technicalities that goes behind bringing quality. Because that's what these new broadcasters want. They want quality, premium brand of football for the television viewers yeah. right and uh with covid i guess they did a side deal but i believe that it was it if if you go to anything that is epl during yeah. uh january february i mean you know that it's it's not major games but you, you're yeah. selling salah and but your money you're selling yeah. those two and that's a good sell an englishman that knows english football will watch an Egypt versus Senegal game anytime because he, he recognizes the players recognizes are playing the names, yeah. So I think if Patrice can get the right people behind um, what he has and they really need to rebrand, they need to remarket, they need to re-strategize. There's a lot yeah. more players in the market now. Uh, even not, not only from an African perspective, even from a regional perspective, West Africa, Central Africa, there's Wananchi, there's there's Nations Media, they've got uh, Azam in Tanzania, we've got yeah, we've got support in Southern Africa. So there's a lot of players. So you really need to remarket and rebrand and secure the people that you know, like you competitions like the CAF Champions League, that's that's your premium every year brand. You cannot yeah. you cannot marginalize it, you cannot think of it as a that's your premium brand. Your first Champions League is UEFA's premium game before the Euros. You yeah. understand? That's their money maker. You yeah. know, so they really need 
strategize and, and prioritize on their competitions. So that's going to take some time, but hopefully Patrice gets the right people behind behind him and they can get this done because it's possible. Let's 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 maximize and take advantage of the fact that we actually got a generation of players yeah. that can allow us to sell the African game. <laughs> yeah, and, and I completely agree with you. I think that um, the signs are promising though. Um, you know, the, the way that he's approached things so far, for one, there's no rush. There hasn't been a rush, although although it would be nice for, for deal to be in place before AFCON. I highly doubt that there will be one, and I think it'll probably only be afterwards. Um, but you've already seen the likes of Supersport sna- snapping up rights, um, yeah. Sky, and so on and so on. And I think that uh, regionally, across the region, there'll be rights holders snapping up deals uh, left, right, and center. Obviously, probably, you know, it, it would be it would be great to see what those numbers look like. It, it's going to be difficult. I don't know if we're going to see what numbers look like, but I think that... Um, you know, at some point, we're going to get a really big announcement probably next year around yep. around who the the principal rights holder is. And yeah, I mean, if, if you were to hazard a guess, um, and this is pure, pure guesswork, um, do you think we're going to we're going to hit anywhere in the in the hundreds of millions, uh, hundreds of billions or, or is that not going to happen? Right now, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, it's it's how you sell the game. If you're going to go out there and sell FCON, you're not going to hit a billion. You're going to hit maybe 800, 500 million. You know, a five-year deal, 100 million a year, you know. Because it, you, you you need to sell these, these added games that you need to sell. You need to sell the FCON, you need to sell the qualifiers, you need to sell um, the, the, the CAF Champions League. You know, yeah. th- th- that's what builds up your case. You know, yeah. and uh, uh, I've been having a lot of talks about the Super League, and we're not going to get into that. But I, I think the Super League will work in Africa. But even though I think it will be a disadvantage to the local game generally, yeah. you know, because the guys that are winning in the CAF Champions League are, are well, well off clubs. But yeah. what does that do to uh, impoverished clubs? You know, that need that money too. Yeah. So, but the Super League is a perfect uh, project for Africa. Just yeah. to lift the game a bit, that I don't think they're gonna hit the billion if they go out there and sell Fcon. But if they yeah. add qualify, add the CAF Champions League, they add the Confederations Cup. You know, those are competitions that 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 has some sort of value. You know. Yeah. So if they go about it like that, we'll, we'll probably we'll, we'll get a good deal. We should. They have the CAF Women's Champions League next year. They they say that they want a, a full um, a women's champions league with all teams participating in cup competitions, having a, a women's team. So they want to build that up. Um, you, you mentioned the super league thing. Uh, you, they may end up going the European route and, and having a, uh, sort of like a conference league beneath the super league thing as well to try and keep regional teams yep. playing and interested and so on and so on. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. At the moment, obviously, it's all speculation because we really don't know what the what the what the strategy will be going forward. But I think that yeah, you know, we we are hopeful. We are hopeful. <laughs> we can only go up from where we were, you know. Um, Absolutely. And, and the game is big. The game is big, Kobila. The game is the game is big in Africa. If if we really tap into <laughs> the resources that's yeah. available, the game. Of the like football is the number one. There's so many sports that are trying to kick it off. And in the future, if we get the right investors in the game, yeah. I'm telling you, it's the game is massive. FCON is, I mean, 
Only now we're increasing to 24 teams. Imagine. That. <laughs> yeah. Only now. You know? Yeah. So the game is massive. It's it's massive. It's gonna grow, and it's it's probably the only competition that has as much growth than yeah. um, from locally uh, than other sporting codes and other leagues outside yeah. of Africa. Yeah, but for that growth to happen, we need skilled people who know what they're yeah. talking about, who are passionate, and who yeah. are incorruptible. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm very hopeful that we have one person in in at the helm right now. There's been a number of other people who've been added to to that executive who have gone over to Egypt and are and are doing a lot of good work. And I'm I'm very confident that uh, yeah, man, if we get a Yannick Wombo over there in in Cairo <laughs> with Sphinx, you know, we might see a we might see some things starting to happen. But Yannick, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me. Hopefully, we'll see some really great deals. We'll also see. And a great AFCON starting on the 9th of January 2022, um, and we'll and hopefully these Europeans with their with their stories about how AFCON is going to get cancelled and so on and so on. Well, you know they they need to to hush up a little bit. You know, um, yeah. it's, it's it's a bit annoying actually, but yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time, Yannick, and I appreciate you talking thanks. to me today. Cool. Have a good one. Cheers. 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 All right, guys, if you've come to this part of the of the interview, thank you so much for watching. You've watched to the end. I really appreciate the, the support. Um, my conversation with Yannick Wombo was an interesting one. It's a bit, a bit of a sore one for me because of just the degradation in CAF and how, um, you know, we're not able to watch games. Um, you know, people love this game. And uh, we're hopeful that Patrice Mutsepe's uh, regime will bring new change or a sweeping broom. You know, Samuel Eto has just been appointed president of uh, Cameroon Football Association. We've got some young people um, in, in really high leadership roles. And we're hopeful that African football will start to, to climb the heights again and become a little bit more important and gain the respect back that it needs. But for that to happen, this deal needs to be, it's crucial, it's crucial. Uh, so thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you like this type of content, hit the like button below, subscribe, follow us. It really helps us out. It helps the channel to grow. Share it to your friends and we'll be back again next week with another episode. Cheers. Thanks for watching.